We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. And we're live. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast. You might notice Toby looks a little different this yes. week. Jessica Cootie sitting in. Thanks, Jess, for sitting in. I'm pretty disappointed you guys didn't get me a cartoon for today, but that's all right. You're haunted by the ghostly <laughs> white image of my caricature know, behind you. You need, you need a spray tan, Plank. My best friend Plank is right next to you as well, too. That's uh, that's probably all on Tilly from Ed. <laughs> what, Ed, Ed and Eddie? Is that what it is, Till? But welcome in. We got a lot to get to from the football side of things, obviously, with Oklahoma beating TCU on Saturday night. We're going to check in with Toby, who's on the road to Kansas City. We made him stop at a Love's Travel Stop, jump out, and send us a video. So we'll have that coming up in just a bit. But before we hear from Toby, Jess, just, you were over at the press conference. You talked to Jalen Hurts, Creed Humphrey, mm -hmm. Neville Gallimore, um, and Lincoln Riley seemed to be in great spirits yeah. today. Overall, a good feel, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think and we, we talk about this a lot, but you know, they're playing some close games, and and while they still haven't felt like they've put together four full quarters or played their best ball, you know, it, it's tough. And, and Coach Riley said the defense is much better this year in the Big Twelve. They're playing much better defensively. But also, and Teddy says this a lot when you go at the end of the year and you look at game film from all of these opponents, it's usually their best game that they played all year is the one that they put together against Oklahoma. We're seeing a lot of teams throw out things that they haven't done all season against Oklahoma, trying to trying to find any kind of way, any kind of chess match. And that's a big win. You know, you're talking about one of the best 
offensive minds in, in the Big 12 against probably the best defensive mind in the Big 12. That's a fun matchup for Lincoln Riley, I think, that, that TCU-Oklahoma matchup every year. So I know they were pumped about, you know, coming out with the win, and the way that the defense came up big at the end was huge. I, I love the energy from Lincoln Riley afterwards when yeah. he just sat down with us. It's a great win, just a great win. And uh, Gary Patterson obviously was frustrated afterwards with the mm -hmm. spot of the ball and that uh, first down, but still. They weren't going anywhere. That yeah. defense was locked they, down. They were on lockdown. I mean, we were going through the numbers, and I know we're going to go more in depth in just a bit, but in the second half of games, this Sooner defense has been phenomenal. What, 73 yards the entire second half? Yeah. To, to TCU on Saturday and the game before that, 16 plays and 69 yards against yeah. Baylor? They weren't going 204 anywhere. yards of total offense. Oklahoma leading the Big 12 in, in total defense. I mean, you think about a year ago, they were last in that category and how far they've come in a year, and um, you know, they're doing it offensively and defensively. And when the, the offense is kind of struggling at times or maybe uncharacteristic turnovers, it's been the defense that has, that has kept this, this team in, in games on the stretch. So, I mean, you couldn't ask for them anymore, you know. You a turnaround in one year to go from the worst oh in the Big gosh. 12 to the best. It's incredible. Yeah. And, and, and everyone buying into what Alex Grinch mm -hmm. is, is selling right now is great to see. Now, as always, we're live, so we love your feedback, your thoughts from Saturday night. Concerns, questions, comments, hit us up. Of course, you can comment on Facebook or on Twitter, and we'll get to them. Uh, Meg McDonald, our producer, along with Zach Tilly, they're rolling through them, and we'll, add, we'll do our best to answer the best questions. So just drop a comment, drop a question, and we'll get them answered as the show rolls on. Now, before we go any further, we mentioned this is normally where T-Row is hanging out with us, but Toby on the road, we had a chance to get at least some of his perspectives on not just the win, but also the hoops matchup coming up this week. Hey guys, uh, Toby coming to you from somewhere in Kansas, wherever, wherever that big thing is. I'm on my way to Kansas City. A couple of thoughts on the football game. You know, I, don't, I think I think what everybody else thinks, that it was one of the best performances by the Sooner defense. The last six quarters have been very impressive, and for them to come up with a big play yet again when they absolutely had to, remarkable how many times uh, this team has done that the last few years. Got to clean up the turnover thing. That's going to beat them if they don't figure out how to clean up the turnover thing. So hopefully this Saturday they can uh, rectify that. But it's a win. It's like March Madness, survive in advance, and they did that. As for the basketball game tonight, very nice event for Lon Kruger's team. Four teams in Kansas City, three of them undefeated. Combined record of these four teams, 20 wins, only one loss. Battle of unbeatens tonight at 8.30 in the Sprint Center. It'll be Oklahoma and Stanford. Stanford is big. The size of Stanford will give uh, the Sooners problems, but I think maybe Christian Doolittle and Brady Manning may be able to pull them out on the floor and take advantage of their quickness and perimeter shooting as well. So it should be fun. Kevin Henry joins me for the call of that beginning with the pregame show tonight at 8 p.m. From somewhere in Kansas, wherever that thing is, this is Toby. Back to you. That's some dedication. That's some dedication right there by T-Row. If, if he would have texted me and said, hey, I need you to send a video, I'd probably say something like, you know, I'm not getting much service. <laughs> I can't know, but uh, Toby's the best, and obviously they've got a big hoops game coming up both tonight and tomorrow night, SoonerSports.com slash radio to find an affiliate and on ESPN. Two. All right, let's get after it. Saturday night, the defense, Jess, you touched on it. They sealed the deal. They finished it. And, I mean, they are, since the first half of the Baylor game, it's almost as if they found another level. You, you and I get a chance to watch a lot of the game from the sidelines. What have you seen that's clicked over the last four, uh, five, six quarters for them? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, in, in, you talk about the, the way they finish games, but mm -hmm. – 
even the start, you know, 11 games a season, 11 times they've forced opponents to punt on their opening possession. TCU had four punts to start the game. And you, without the turnovers, the Oklahoma defense holds TCU to, what, seven points? Right. You know, you, you could make that argument. Um, I think the way that they've been buying into the takeaways and Coach Grinch, you hear him talk a lot about, you know, the bottom line and the standards of this Oklahoma defense. I get to go out to practice every week, and I've seen it. And it's just, you know, the, the takeaways have been so big. They've been huge hugely emphasized uh, over the last few weeks. And so for that to kind of, you know, kind of open up the floodgates a little bit. And, um, you know, it started with Piemont's takeaway in, in the two-point conversion against Iowa State. That was a big, the lid came off right there. While it wasn't counted as a takeaway on the stat sheet, you know, that was big for this team to get that going. Coach Riley talked about how a lot of times these takeaways tend to happen in bunches. So um, for them to get the two and then how – how much of a different switch did you see them flip when the when they had the force fumble last week at Baylor? How that turned things around for the entire team, not just the defense. Reach. So you know, just I think they're seeing. You know, it's one thing to talk about takeaways, and then it's another one to see how big of a difference maker it can be. And they've seen that, they've built off of it, and it's it's continued to be huge. And and for Buki to come through with it here at the end of the game like that, I mean. His interview with you at the end of the game was so awesome, too, talking about it was the day of his cousin's funeral and how big it was for him to play big on that day because he couldn't be there. Uh, you know, I, I think, again, tw twice now, two weeks in a row, it was the defense that seals the victory. I, I mean, I, they're, they're buying into it. And, you know, like I said earlier, from last in the Big 12 to first in, in total defense, that's a big jump. You know, I, and I want to talk more about Buki in a second, but one final thought, and you talked to Neville Gallimore a couple mm -hmm. minutes ago over at the Lincoln Riley presser between Nev Q Overton, my neighbor, Marquez Overton. Let's go. Uh, Jalen Redman and Laurent Stokes Jr. I think what we're seeing in that interior, is, at least on Saturday and in the second half against Baylor, is opening some things up for the pass rush of Ronnie Perkins on the outside. I mean, th those guys in the middle were doing work yeah. on Saturday night. And, uh, again, Gabe Eichert always talks about it that, hey, every game is won on the line of scrimmage. And the Sooners, I felt like in that game, won the, won the line of scrimmage on both sides of yeah, the football, yeah. offense and defense. Ronnie Perkins has been on another level. He really you has. Know, he I, I think for him, knowing that some of the things that he's been able to do, and, and he's wanted to set the tone for the defense. You know, they talk about all the time. It all starts up front. But for I think he's got some confidence. And it's continuing to build each and every week. And, he's boy, he's been a nightmare. But, you know, one thing that Teddy talked about when I was doing a lot of the butt kiss stuff with Kenneth Murray is that with those linebackers, a lot of times your stats go down with the way that the defensive line plays. And I think that's no doubt a big part of it. And Ronnie Perkins is big on that. And Neville Gallimore is the way that they're playing up front. It's been huge. And it's been really the key and the catalyst for why this defense has been able to make such a big turnaround. It was Buki is what you heard Toby say whenever the last interception was made. Uh, I, I love Brendan Radley Hiles perspective. He's become a really mm -hmm. popular guy in the interview room. I know that he's still learning. He was in a heck of a battle with Trey Norwood for that nickel position before Trey went down. And in a lot of ways, I, I, I think that you know, obviously we went Trey Norwood in this <laughs> defense, but it's been a blessing for Buki because he's been the guy at that position. And you mentioned it. He told us about how it was his cousin's funeral on Saturday. He had lost his cousin and he went out and made a game-saving play. Jess, this is a guy that Teams try to go after in yeah. their running game because he's a little undersized, but he's been up to the challenge recently. Yeah, and, and he's taken a lot of heat, you know, and I think he knows that. And um, But good for him. I was glad that it was him that came up. And, and, and again, I, this defense doesn't care who it is. I mean, I, I, that's another thing that I really like about this defense is that 
they're all kind of buying in together. They're not worried about individual. It's about coming together as a team, and they don't care who it is <laughs> as long as they get the job done. And so, you know, he gave a lot of credit to, again, on that interception, the pressure that was brought up front. So, again, going back to that D-line and the way they were able to make things difficult, you know, it, it allowed for him to come up with that interception. So, um, you know, another thing, too, I, it's been the offense, how, how often these last few seasons that have had to – carry this team in, in a lot of different situations. But then you look at the last two games, especially, it's been the defense. And so I'm talking with, you know, the, the offensive players have been saying, man, they put us on their backs and, and whatnot. And so then talking with the defensive players about that, what does it mean to you to be able to be called upon and be relied upon when it's been the offense in so many different occasions? And they've been like, you know, we don't look at it that way. This is a team effort. You know, how many times have they had to carry us? So, but I just think it's cool the way that this team is coming together at the right time. And you hear it, a lot of the teams aren't playing right now or mm -hmm. are not playing for anything right now. And Oklahoma has a chance not only to, you know, clinch another four straight Big 12 title, but to get back to the college football playoff. And the way that they're coming together is what you've seen from this team in years past as well. All right, we're running out of time here on the podcast. So make sure you hit us up on your questions. We'll get the best ones asked on Facebook and, of course, on Twitter. Mega's concerned. She needs your questions. <laughs> Get them in here now. Uh, running game. Let's shift to the offensive side of the football. How crazy is this? We've been on the podcast now for about, what, 10 minutes? Yeah. And we're just now getting to the offense. And, boy, the running game was clicking uh, on, on in every aspect. And the offensive line keyed that, too. I was impressed with uh, Creed and his crew. Oh, no doubt. I mean, you've heard how many times have you heard Lincoln Riley, Bill Bidenbo say that the key to this team being so good in November has been how good they, they've been up front. And with some injuries, some new guys kind of moving things around, maybe hasn't gelled as quickly as we've seen in the past. But Creed, Creed Humphrey looked like he was on another, he was on a mission on Saturday. I mean, the way he was blocking, opening up holes, and then I think the whole team feeds off of that. Um, but on top of that, and, and Kennedy Brooks will be the first to say, and Jalen Hurts will be the first to say, they've both had, what, the most, 366, the most since 2015 on the ground. And, and Jalen Hurts had, what, 173, Kennedy Brooks 149. And they're both the first to say that it goes back to the O-line um, and the way that they were able to open things up. But how about Kennedy Brooks? And Ramondre Stevenson opened up some huge holes as well uh, in addition to that offensive line. But with Trey Sermon down, the load that Kennedy Brooks has had to carry, and it's been impressive. I asked him, too, I was like, do you, I mean, you liking the ball that much? He's like, yeah, of course I do. You know, but <laughs> I mean, they're taking a beating between him and Jalen Hurts, and, and they love it. They, they want they want the ball in their hands, and, and you know I think we've had a lot of people um, comment here on Facebook about protecting the football. Um, you know Jalen Hurts will be the first to tell you he's got to do that, but that was kind of just a just a great play made by that TCU defender on on the the strip fumble on Jalen Hurts. But um, yeah, I, I just think this O line is starting to click and gel at the right time, and Kennedy Brooks is kind of finding a groove, finding his level as well. Trying to find the comment by the way from Mike Gundy earlier today as Oklahoma gets set for. Oklahoma State, Bedlam, Saturday night at 7 o'clock. We're going to have a complete coverage for you. But he basically said Oklahoma is running a triple option, and they, it's just basically a spread. And when you look at the way that Jalen and how physical he's been running the mm -hmm. football, and you see the way that Kennedy Brooks, and then, again, I keep going back to that offensive line. I mean, Eric Swinson was their everyday left tackle, and he was on the sideline in his jersey and sweatpants. And R.J. Proctor, who I think it's fair to say it struggled some mm -hmm. shifting out to tackle, was a difference maker. TCU's defensive line is really good. I mean, that's a really good defensive line, and they were able to churn out yard after yard after yard. So from my perspective, I, I thought that was a kind of a, 
a bell cow moment, a watershed moment, whichever term you want to use for this running game on Saturday night. And they wouldn't they wouldn't take the bait for me earlier today, but you got to think with as much hype, Chuba Hubbard, the number one uh, running back in the country and uh, mm. by 150 yards and, you know, with all the hype surrounding him. In this Bedlam game, you're going to see the best quarterback, best wide receiver, and best running back in the Big 12. Uh, it should be a fun offensive matchup. But I, you got to think that they're taking that a little bit to heart, yeah. thinking that, okay, Oklahoma State's going to win the run battle. They're going to win the rushing battle. And uh, I think uh, this Oklahoma offensive line and running backs and, and uh, this offense are going to be, uh-uh, not so fast. Uh, we, we got a pretty good run game ourselves. So uh, I, that's going to be fun for me to see how this battle goes out. In these rivalry games, those teams that tend to win the rushing battle usually win the game. So this is going to be another big fun match to watch two more points to get to uh, before we wrap up here on the live edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast here's one don't take it for granted um, and I'm not sitting here trying to jump on a bully pulpit or be dad to anyone but uh, <laughs> you know we when we had Brian Odom in the post-game interview room he sat down and uh, he pointed out that in his 16 years of being a coach this is his first 10-win season. Wow. And then Kenneth Murray said, welcome to Oklahoma, whenever yeah. he told him that. But it's, it's kind of wild. Craig Moran had the graphic up during our press conference show that, what is it, 40 10-win seasons now? Mm -hmm. And you're looking at uh, five, four, five straight. I mean, it's, it is not easy to accomplish, and it's the norm. It's, it's, the, it's the foundation now. That's 10 wins. All right, we go from there. Yeah, and I mean, look, it's the target is on the back for Oklahoma. Absolutely. On top of all that, it is hard to win 10 games anyways. But then <laughs> now that because Oklahoma has been straight up dominant in the Big 12, four in a row, no other team has won more than three. They Oklahoma's won four in a row looking to make it five. You know, everybody is coming after Oklahoma. They're throwing out things, whatever they can to throw out at Oklahoma to try to get the best of the Sooners. You know, it's so it makes it even more challenging. And yeah, you just got to take a step back and appreciate again, you know, going back to what we've talked about the defense a lot and, and people, you know, um, not happy with some of the plays that they give up a touchdown. How far have we've come that Oklahoma fans are, <laughs> are now angry when the, the times that Oklahoma does give up a score? Right. You know, I mean, how far we've come. Last year it was like, okay, let's just get the defense off so the offense can hurry up and score again. You know, now you look at the, the way that this, this thing has come full circle. It, it's just, yeah, it's welcome to Oklahoma. It's a testament to the incredible coaching staffs that have been here that started with Bob Stoops. Mm -hmm. It's a testament to how Lincoln Riley has constantly grinded and recruiting and not taken anything from granted. I mean, uh, it's, it's a pretty incredible run that they're on right now. And, you know, I, I, again, as we shift to the four-team playoffs yeah. and, and this conversation, they've put themselves in a position. Mm -hmm. where, now, I would argue that we're almost in the same position as they've been the last couple of years to where you're, you've got that opportunity with a Big 12 championship game to make some noise, mm -hmm. and you're battling with maybe a one-loss team that – either had a bad loss or isn't playing in the conference championship game. Last year it was Ohio State who had the conference championship game. They won it, Sooner still got the nod. Two years ago, I think it was, what, uh, Alabama was in there in that mix, and, and Oklahoma was pretty much a lock mm -hmm. with the way Baker and that team had gone, and they had the win over Ohio State. But how do you feel? All right, let's shift the 14 playoff rankings. Tomorrow night, we'll get them. Tuesday yep. night is when they'll come out. Uh, I don't know how much change we'll have in the top four, but Jess, what do your four look like for the four-team playoff whenever the rankings are revealed tomorrow night? Well, I think LSU is going to be uh, number one. I think they're going to put Ohio State number two, Clemson will be three, and Georgia will be four. I think chance for Oklahoma to get up to six, but my bet will be that they'll have them at seven, just kind of seeing the way that they've had them in the last couple of weeks. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know how they how they can move LSU off of that number one spot, even with the Ohio State win over Penn State. But it'll be interesting to see. I think we're going to learn 
I said this from the start when everyone was in an uproar about how they came out the first week. Things are going to plan, uh, pan out. Right. It's all going to play out in the end. As we get closer to it now, we're starting to really see how it is going to play out and how they're viewing these teams and what is important and what the criteria is. And they'll start spending a lot more time breaking down these teams and looking at the eye test and whatnot and all of that kind of stuff that goes into breaking these down. But I think this will be this. This to me is the most interested I'm. I will be to see how these how the these shake out this week. I was my eyes opened whenever I saw Oregon fall to 14th in the Associated Press poll. That to me was a very interesting. And again, the Associated Press poll, the coaches poll, and of course not the FPI have anything to do with the way that they look at the college football playoff rankings. But that kind of signals something to me that that made me think, I think we might jump up to six. So here's my theory on what's going to happen tomorrow night. I think they're going to move Ohio State up to number one because I think they're going to uh, be swayed by the Penn State win. And you look at it, Ohio State turned the ball over three times and still ran away with that game down mm -hmm. the stretch. LSU drops to two, where Clemson is three and Georgia is four. If I'm LSU, the last thing I want is a first-round matchup with Clemson because I'm just telling you right now, I, I, think, I think LSU is very – if, if if we get into that fourth spot, I want to play LSU, and we being Oklahoma. <laughs> and I've got Oklahoma sitting there at number six right now. I think they're going to give them the nod over Utah because I think they're going to look at the body of war. I, again, this is all mm -hmm. theory. I don't know if it's truly going to play out or not because they haven't shown Oklahoma or Baylor a ton of respect yet. Yeah. But I think the numbers favor Oklahoma. I think the Arizona State win over Oregon mm -hmm. helped them out quite a bit. To move up, Penn State losing has completely eliminated them. And, you know, there's still a disaster theory out there where a team like Ohio State might not get in, right? If Ohio State loses to Michigan and then loses in the Big Ten championship game, they could be on the outside looking in. I know it's a, yeah. a wild theory, but LSU is in that same boat. LSU plays A&M this week. Now, granted, it's in Death Valley, so there's a great opportunity for them to roll over Texas A&M. But if they lose to A&M and then lose to Georgia in the SEC title game, I mean, They're again, still, still a lot to play out. And I think for Oklahoma, you're, you're, you're sitting pretty right now because Oklahoma State, one of the hottest teams in the Big 12 right now, when there's a four straight going into this one, they're going to be a top 20 team or what, right around the top 20 uh, in these rankings. And then you get a chance at Baylor. A year ago this time, Oklahoma was not in the Final Four going in. And that Big Correct. 12 championship was huge, not only for um, the college football playoff, but also for Kyler Murray's Heisman campaign. So there's still time for Jalen Hurts to make a statement, C.D. Lamb. Um, so in addition to all the college football playoff, like you're talking about those, those national award winners as well, it, it came down to the very last game, and it's probably going to be the same thing this, this year as well. That Big 12 championship is going to be vital for this team to make a statement. All right, as we pop up our question, I will remind you, too, speaking of that Heisman chase, we do not get Heisman ballots until December 2nd. Wow. So it's, they've shortened the window a little bit, which is good news, but we will not get Heisman ballots till December 2nd, so that way not a lot of early voting. All right, and uh, speaking of, of Heisman yep. and, and postseason awards, Jess, I know you've worked a lot on this, but Jayton Carey wants to know any thoughts on Murray not being named a Butkus finalist. Yeah, super disappointing. I mean, obviously this is one of his goals. He wanted to be the fifth, and I think, you know, hearing Teddy, Teddy talks about it, and Teddy's the best person, right, the, the Butkus, but um, – and this just came down, by the way. Yeah, this, just, just, just moments this morning. Ago. Um, you know, for the defense to do what they've done, and it is it is very, very hard to make the turnaround the Oklahoma defense has done this year, right? A big part of that has been the play of Kenneth Murray. 
So I think so many people get caught up in what I was saying earlier about those stats. You know, stats-wise, Kenneth's numbers have come down. But a lot of that is because of the guys, how they're playing better around him. And a lot of his numbers, racking up the tackles, were cleaning up mistakes that got through to the second level or the third level of the defense. He, he racked up a lot of tackles in, in games that he shouldn't have had that many tackles, right? right? right. So I think it's disappointing for sure because you got to look at the, the growth and the turnaround for this Oklahoma defense and for him to not be in that conversation, it's really disappointing. And, yeah. But I, I think the more that Oklahoma plays good defense, you heard Alex Grinch say it after the, the game against Texas, there's no reason why Oklahoma shouldn't have people, defensive players in the conversation every single year like they have offensive players in the conversation for being the best. The more consistently they play defensively, the more that that's going to happen. And so it just it stinks for Kenneth Murray that, you know, it was this year and that he's, he's going to get left out of it. But there's no doubt in my mind I think he should have been in that, in that finalist list. There's five of them. He should have been in one exactly. of those five. And, you know, Kenneth, you can always come back for your senior year. I mean, I know, the, uh, I know they've yep. got you projected as a top 10 pick the in the draft. And you can still be the fifth if yep. you want. Jess, great stuff, man. Appreciate right. you. I know you got meetings galore. For Meg McDonald and Zach Tilly, I'm Chris Plank. A reminder, Boone Pickens Stadium kickoff at 7 o'clock on Sunday. Pardon me, Saturday night. 7 o'clock <laughs> Saturday night. We'll be on the Sooner Radio Network at 5. And we'll have complete coverage on the Sooner Sports Podcast all week. Enjoy game week. Happy Thanksgiving and Boomer Sooner. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.